great Odin's raven. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Pulse Weekly, episode number seven. My name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. So great, in fact, that we are a day late in recording it. Indeed. Uh, actually, I had uh, an unplanned trip to Orlando for a friend's birthday, so I completely dropped the ball. But we still have a good show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about South by Southwest, which just ended. Uh, so we're going to be highlighting some of our most anticipated films that screen there. And we're going to be having Ryan back with us to tell us about a buddy cop movie titled Collision Course in honor of 21 Jump Street that came out this weekend. Uh, Collision Course stars Jay Leno and Pat Morita, so you know it's going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's first go over some of the movies we watched this week, as always. So what did you see this week, Kevin? Well, I think we should start off with uh, 21 Jump Street, because I know that we both saw that movie this weekend. Yeah, for for once, uh, we both saw a movie that's in theaters uh, this weekend, so... Yes, yes. I almost did not get to, because my wife was under doctor's orders not to laugh. <laughs> Which is hilarious, but... Yes, so we had, we had to push it back. I couldn't see it until Sunday. Well, it's good that uh, you did push it back because, I don't know about you, but I was laughing hysterically throughout this movie. Yes, uh, it this was, it was a laugh riot. It was Almost so everything. funny. So funny. Um, for those of you that don't know, 21 Jump Street is the remake of the 80s television show with Johnny Depp. It stars Jonah Hill, Channing Tatum... Uh, ice cubes in it there's a bunch of cameos from a bunch of people it's directed by uh phil lord and chris miller who um if i'm not mistaken they're relative newcomers they did cloudy with a chance of meatballs mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it yeah 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 that's it i guess i think they wrote part of extreme movie yeah but if you remember that <laughs> yeah but uh, i might i have a feeling that that was for money for cloudy with a chance of meatballs <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'm uh, pretty sure yeah so they're they're relative newcomers uh but i do think that they have a pretty big um opportunity now i think they're going to be coming out with a whole bunch of stuff i've been reading rumors and stuff about them uh working on a lego movie um, there's a sequel to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I think, that's in the works. There's also a sequel for 21 Jump Street. Right. They got, so. they got. Uh, we'll be seeing a lot of them. And, and fortunately, I really enjoyed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but I really, really enjoyed 21 Jump Street. I thought it was just fantastic. It was so funny. And it has to be said that uh, it was extremely well written jonah hill and michael bacall wrote the screenplay for this movie and it's great michael bacall i actually i just saw here also wrote the screenplay for project x so he had himself uh and he did scott pilgrim did versus scott, the world. yeah he did scott pilgrim and he was also he's also an actor i think he started mm -hmm. out as an actor 
and he was in um, he was in Inglorious Bastards, and he was in um, Grindhouse. He was in the Death Proof segment. Mm-hmm. So he, I think, started out as a as an actor, and then went on to to write. And I mean, the writing in Project X was like nothing to. Yeah, even, I, that, yeah. E- even mention. I yeah, mean, there I there were there were because, I mean, the funny thing is like Twenty One Jump Street. I would say is more highbrow humor. I mean, there are certainly lowbrow moments to the movie, yeah. but uh, the dialogue is much sharper. Mm-hmm. Project X does have funny dialogue in it. I will give it that, but it is very like lowbrow humor, which yeah. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be, and. Yeah, so Scott Pilgrim has Versatile. a great Scott Pilgrim has a great script too. Versatile. He can do highbrow and lowbrow. Yeah. And lowbrow for highbrow. Yeah. And I think he's got he's got quite a budding career as well. So mm-hmm. uh one thing I'd like to mention about Twenty One Jump Street is Channing Tatum's role. I actually really thought he was funny and did a yes. good job. The first thing that I said talking with my wife after the movie was over was, I hope Channing Tatum does more comedy. His timing and his delivery were excellent. He yeah. was hilarious. When when they're tripping on the, you know, it's all based around this fake drug called FHS, which the best part of the movie is how they, how they show you the people go through the stages, the phases, as they say. And, uh, of course they, they do it, you know, it's like phase one and they have a title card. Uh, phase one was the gigs where you just giggle and that would come up with, uh, animation and everything. And the scene when he bust into the, uh, band practice. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) And uh, just that, that scene when he was just falling all over the place and doing like, Pratt falls and stuff and it was being that it was jumping back and forth between that and jonah hill <laughs> attempting to run in a relay race <laughs> yes. on the track and it was just it was so funny and i think that that's that's what one of the things that really worked with the movie was the team up between jonah hill and channing tatum yeah. they worked they worked so well off of each other mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I mean, I like Jonah Hill as an actor. I think he's really good, and I think that he has a really promising career. But where he really excels is when he's working off of other characters in a yes. movie, like like in Superbad. Like yeah. that's where he really shows off his talents. I think um, both of them were extremely funny in this movie. Yes, and again, just the the way that they animated, you know, with the title cards, Phase One. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was phase two? I don't know the, if that was the overconfident. Over, yeah, I think that was the overly com like overly confident. <laughs> yeah, and then it was, phase four is fuck yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just when they like rage. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just that was my favorite part of the entire movie. But it, I laughed almost the entire way through and then you know how usually comedies a lot of times they'll start off strong and then they get too involved with their story even mm-hmm. though their story's never you know anything to write home about but for some reason they get caught up in it a lot and the comedy sort of dies down it mm-hmm. didn't have it didn't happen in this movie 
You know, it's funny to mention that because I feel like it did die oh, yeah, down a little that... bit at the end. Yeah. I mean, I still th- I thought it was funny, but for the first like 20 or 30 minutes from the opening scene when they're in high school um, all the way up until when they first join um, the 21 Jump Street like division or whatever, I yeah. was like, I mean, it was just one laugh after another. Yeah. I mean, the, the scene when they were in high school at the beginning was so funny, but... I did feel like it got a little bit. I mean, I guess it, it got more serious towards the yeah, end. Yeah. Once, once the action started ramping up, then I I thought that the comedy lowered a little bit. But at the same time, I loved the um, just the like the action movie stereotypes that they kept like putting in there, like the <laughs> the trucks not exploding when they yes. think they're gonna explode and stuff. And I just it was it was really good and and. Yeah. I, I would say maybe, you know, maybe it did die down, or it, I think it slightly just changed. Because oh, yeah. in the beginning, it was just all, you know, balls to the wall, all out. Because, you know, essentially the first the first half that's the best is when they're tripping on the drug FHS. Mm-hmm. And um, James Franco's little brother, Dave Franco, was in it, and he played sort of like the the popular kid uh drug dealer and it was so funny because when they ended up back in high school it was like the popular kids were like like super like um green and like smart yeah and like they were like really concerned with the environment and they drove like eco-friendly cars and stuff and it just it was just this whole paradigm shift you know that happened over the last few years and Channing Tatum's character couldn't understand it. He just he couldn't. He it felt wrong to him. One of the funniest things at the beginning that when they were at the high school, I thought was the uh, the the usage of the backpack. Yes. The, the one strapping versus the double strapping. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny because that's how it was in school. Yes. You know, you were if there... you wore a backpack with both straps, you were lame. Yeah, well, there's also there's some art to it because I think, I think if you if you're a person that walked home, and you had a decent walk, I think you I think you were allowed to two strap it. I think it was acceptable. I mean, yeah, I mean, you got a long hike home, you got to two strap it. Or you're, you're going to kill your shoulder. Or it might have been acceptable after you're a certain distance away from the school. Mm, that's true. When true. you're first leaving the school, like when you're walking around in the hall. And you're still on the property. Yeah, you got you got, you got a single strap. You got yeah. you got one strap, and then then you can double after yeah. you leave the school's property. Yeah, you got to one strap it with your pimp walk while you're leaving school, and then once you get past like the baseball diamonds, then you can mm-hmm. two strap it. I think uh, Dave Franco did a pretty good job too. With yes. even though his role is somewhat small, he was <clears throat> he was pretty funny. I've seen him in some other. Uh, movies. He's been in um, a couple horror movies that I remember. He was in Fright Night, but I feel like he was in like maybe one or two other like horror movies that that I saw that I can't remember what they were. But nah. the only I had one small qualm about this movie, and I mean it's very very small, but it was just very odd to me because you know we graduated high school in 2002, and the movie starts off with them back in time when they're in high school in 2005 2005 and jonah hill is dressed up like eminem and they're playing the real slim shady 
like that was when we went to high school. That wasn't right. in two thousand five. Exactly. Yeah. That was in like two thousand one. Mm-hmm. We're like two thousand. I'm not exactly sure, but I thought that was it's such a small thing that you think someone would have nailed that. Well, plus I think I mean at least I don't know how old Channing Tatum is in real life, but I feel like he looks older than graduating in two thousand five. Well, yeah, you know, and like, and I love I love how they sort of they play on that the entire movie. Oh yeah, how you look. <laughs> Like how you look like a 35-year-old man. It's, it says here that he was born in 1980. So he'd okay. be three years older than us. So he's so like, like 31. 31. Okay. Either way, if you haven't checked it out yet, absolutely go see it. It's it's just a must-see. Best yes. comedy. Best comedy of the year so far. Easily. Probably going to be one of the best, if not the best of the year. So yeah. I, I recommend. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. Uh, let's move on and talk about another movie that we both saw this week, um, Attenberg. This is kind of taking a little <laughs> different <laughs> turn. Um, I would say it is a comedy, but this is a, a Greek film. Now, there's been this uh, recent trend with these kind of um, quirky, strange Greek comedies. Uh, we saw it before in Dogtooth. I reviewed this movie for the site, and I made a lot of comparisons to Dogtooth. And as much as I tried not to do that, it's impossible because it's such a similar film, in my yeah. opinion. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, of course, uh, the director of Dogtooth is in it. Yeah, yeah and he, uh, he he acts in it. And the woman that directed this. Uh, Attenberg, Athena, Rachel, uh, Sangari. She is a producer on all of his films. So she produced Dog Tooth. She produced uh, Alps, which is the newest movie coming out <clears throat> from the director of Dog Tooth. And they sort of seem to, uh, you know, all work together. Uh, this was a really interesting movie. Um, I, I didn't ask what you thought of it. What did you think of Attenberg? I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I don't know if I want to say it was better than Dogtooth, but I thought that it had more to say than Dogtooth. Yeah, I mean... Because I think... I thought could probably argue that. Yeah, because I think they had they had some really good things about, you know, the state of Greece mm-hmm. with the economy and everything and how they skipped over the industrial age. And uh, I learned a couple of things. Like, I didn't know that you couldn't get cremated in Greece. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I did weird. not know that. And how they sort of, they talk about you're buried in Greece. And then after a couple of years, after your body decomposes, they dig you back up, put you in a tin, and then give your plot to someone else. Which, I didn't know they did that either. Yeah. But I would guess you would have to. I mean, it's a small island. Mm-hmm. Or not an island, sorry. But it just, I didn't know that. Um. Basically, what this movie is about, um, well, I'll read the IMDb synopsis, and then we'll talk about what it really was about. Uh, it says, stuck in her boring factory town, 23, 23-year-old uh, Marina is at the mercy of both her father's impending death and her distaste for other human beings. That's a somewhat accurate yeah. d- description, I would say, but 
Um, there's a little bit more to it than that. I mean, it's a story about kind of like mortality and, and her, I think it's also kind of about her kind of discovering her own sexuality as well. Yeah. And trying to become like a sexual being, but all the while trying to understand how it works and how relationships work and everything like that. Yeah. Cause you, she only learns <clears throat> about sexuality really from her best friend Bella and from watching the nature documentaries of Sir Attenborough which is where the name of the film comes from right because they don't seem to know how to pronounce yeah her so. yeah her her friend doesn't know how to pronounce it i did have some issues with this movie personally i thought the dog tooth had more substance to it i felt like if it weren't for the strange like weird uh instances of dialogue and just really kind of bizarre scenes um there wouldn't be a whole lot to this that we haven't seen before and i also felt like like the scenes where there were many scenes where they throughout the film where her and her friend were just kind of doing these weird choreographed walking (laughs) things down the street yeah think think uh monty python yeah Yeah, you know the skit where they have the silly walks that's what they do right so like throughout the film i mean it happens like three or four times throughout the film there's just like these strange little interludes and i thought that having them once was okay because especially at the beginning because it kind of set the tone for who this person is and you know how weird she is with her friend but when it happens three or four times i'm kind of left like all right what is this like what's it for why am i seeing this and i just felt like there just there needed to be a little bit more there with it yeah the cinematography and camera work was phenomenal yeah i love the opening shot the opening yeah. shot where they're her and her friend are practicing tongue kissing Oh, yeah, and it was really, really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Very uncomfortable to watch, just like Dogtooth. Um, I I guess the reason I like Dogtooth better was just because Dogtooth was, it felt more original to me. Like, Mm. that was a story that I never saw before. Basically, um, Dogtooth is about a a family that the, the father basically keeps his children... Uh, sheltered from the world he doesn't let them leave their property and he comes up with these really elaborate stories to try to keep them within the confines of their property Mm -hmm. and it's to me it's just a far more interesting tale i guess you could say which i have to say i think dogtooth is now play instant on netflix so if you have netflix you should definitely check out that movie if you're if you're ready for some uh odd greekness and yeah it is it is very weird but at the same time it's i don't know it's it's really good at the same time yeah okay i guess i didn't talk about it last week but i did see project x did we talk mm-hmm. i don't think i talked about i don't think last you did uh, i finally did get to see project x uh like i said at the beginning when we were talking about 21 jump street not a good movie i probably wouldn't recommend going to see it the only thing that i really liked about the movie was the cinematography i thought that all the camera work was excellently done 
and it made it really made a movie that was completely mediocre and not even I wouldn't even say mediocre just terrible and made it it made it something that was actually kind of a joy uh. to watch it was very much like a music video a lot of like slow motion stuff but it was a found footage movie as well, so it had some really cool stuff that they did with that whole found footage um, gimmick, I guess. Yeah. All the while, I would still not recommend it at all, especially if you're a female. I think that if you're a female, you will probably be offended at least once or twice throughout this movie. Which is something that I didn't get to say about uh, 21 Jump Street is I was pleasantly surprised that for the first time it was an R-rated comedy that really didn't, you know, objectify women too much, you know? No. Yeah, I don't think people would be too upset over over 21 Jump Street. No. And hopefully that's something that, because it's it's so easy and Mm -hmm. so cliched and just old yeah i mean a lot of movies go there you know i mean i think uh collision course is gonna is gonna go uh a little bit more of a racist tone but yeah um i i I didn't see the movie but i saw the trailer yeah and and you can just tell from the time it was made and who's in it but i'm sure we'll be talking about that with ryan do you have any other movies you want to talk about this week no no i do not Alright, let's move on and do some Ryan Watches a Movie. This is Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan to watch a movie and report back to us on if it was good or not. Oh no, crawl. Little kids got naked and had lots of sex. Welcome back, Ryan. What movie did we have you watch this week? Collision Course. Collision Course. <laughs> With... Mm. With yeah, you're almost there. You're almost there. With can can we restart this? Nope. I knew I knew I No, this I'm, is this I'm, is all going in. I'm trying to do something else right now and then talk at the same time. Okay, this is the 1986 movie um, with Pat Morita and Jay Leno. Now, it was made in 1986, but it actually didn't come out until 1989. So most of the uh, dates that you see, it will say 1989. Uh, Actually, they ran out of money and couldn't finish it. So that's why it came out later. Why the hell did they run out of money? Well, you saw the movie, so I'm hoping that you'll tell us why they ran out of money. It didn't look like... It wasn't worth a budget for it. That's unknown. Oh. Well, um... <laughs> Too much. Or not enough, the, apparently. Yeah, apparently. The IMDb synopsis uh, states, A Japanese investigator and a Detroit cop team up to track down a stolen prototype turbocharger. Uh, we could only infer that the Japanese investigator is played by Jay Leno. I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah. And Pat Morita, Pat Morita is the tough-talking Detroit cop. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Louis Teague, Louis who Teague. you may remember us talking about when we did our review of Navy SEALs. Uh, now, this was a complete coincidence. 
I had no idea that it was the same director when I picked this movie out. Correct. So that was just a little bonus I got after and it was I um, awesome. Yeah, after I started researching the movie a little bit. Before same. we get into, um, do you want to add something, Ryan? Same director, same <laughs> movie. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and listen to the trailer for Collision Course, and then we'll have you give us your thoughts, Ryan. What do you get when a Japanese special agent comes to Detroit? <laughs> I talk some Japanese. Toyota. Mitsubishi. Kawasaki. Teriyaki. Racist. To team up with a wisecracking city cop. Yeah, I don't think we can quench as much firepower, fellas. Let, right, let the people right. through, will you? Hot on the trail of murder and corruption. You see, Oshima stole revolutionary new turbocharger. You got proof of this? You just make it up as you go along. No, no, no. I see guilty looking jutted eye. Guilty looking eye? Well, with that kind of hard evidence, we should get a conviction overnight. Collision course. Police officer, criminal! The funniest. Wackiest. Debatable. Debatable. Buddy buddy cop comedy. The crash onto the screen. I'm nervous. He will do something stupid. Run a red light, spit out the window, and I can fry his ass. Okay. That's the trailer for that Collision Course. That guy's voice makes me laugh. Who, Pat Morita? No, the the uh, like the older announcer guy. Yeah. Like the movie trailer announcer oh, guy. The movie trailer guy. Yeah. It's was it wacky? Was it the wackiest, funniest? <laughs> it was buddy buddy stupid. cop comedy. It was okay. stupid as And before I get into it, it's really funny that you said racist because there's a lot of that in this movie, and that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. Well, let's. Let's just, you know how on IMDb they have their sort of plot keywords. Let's just say, here are, here are the five plot keywords. Japanese, Detroit, Michigan, drag racing, motor car industry, and stereotype. <laughs> I like the stereotyping. Yeah, I mean, like, even in the trailer that we just heard... There was like that I mean that was like blatantly racist remarks and that was the theatrical trailer for the movie. I think it's so funny how they used to be able to get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about the movie, Ryan? What what happened? Basically it's like what what are those Chris Rock movies called? I can't Rush Hour. Yeah. It's basically like that. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker was in Rush Hour. What what did he say? You said Chris Rock. Mm. I get those two confused. Um, <laughs> I think that might have been a racist comment. <laughs> well, I didn't try it. <laughs> I didn't try it whatsoever. But basically, this movie is an even... And I didn't even think those movies were good. But this movie is definitely a sh**ier version of those movies. Only instead of Chris Soccer, you have... Jalena, <laughs> which is equally as annoying and equally as terrible. 
<laughs> now, I think that this movie was made before he started hosting The Tonight Show. This is bef- when he was still a stand-up comedian. Yeah, uh, trying I, to pursue I, an acting career. I think he was I think he was, you know, sort of guest hosting. Yeah. It was like right around the transition period because I read a fact that said that uh, he had yeah. Pat Morita on when he guest starred, and they talked about it. And that's that's when they revealed that the movie ran out of money, and that's why it didn't come out until yeah, they, two years after it was made. Yeah, they weren't able to shoot a couple of key scenes, and they didn't even have money left for editing or post-production. I don't understand why they needed all this money because there wasn't, like, anything spectacular. So, according to the synopsis, they're tracking down a stolen prototype turbocharger? Yeah. For, for like, a car? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, to me that seems like kind of... I mean, what's the point? Because apparently... The Japanese people developed this, and the American, like, Ford and GM and Chrysler, they want to steal it from Japanese people so they can make American cars run more efficiently and make more money. Wow, okay. Well, that sounds terrible. Um... (laughs) This was written by Robert Reznikoff, uh, who I'd never heard of and didn't do anything that anyone would know. And uh, what, are you talk- di- what are you talking about? He wrote the movie The First Power with Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips. I never, w- w- I never even me? heard of that. I never even heard of that. He also it. apparently did a movie <laughs> called The Jogger, which I also never heard of. Uh, it was co-written by Frank Darius Nami. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. That was his only film credit, so Aww. he he came and went with Collision Course. I wish I wish Chad Leno came and went with Collision Course. Yeah, I think we all well, watched that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's better to it's better to burn out than to fade. He just yep. came in like a phoenix with Collision Course and just burned out, man. <laughs> You know, I was watching this movie as another side note. I was watching this movie with a friend of mine, and his first reaction was, Jay Leno is in movies? And that was also my first reaction in my head. Well, well, as you can see, he... I guess based on this performance, he hasn't been in many movies? No, and I think I there's think, a good uh, reason because just hearing the trailer, he sounds awful. He is, oh yeah, I mean it, it looks really bad. He does a he does a lot of uh, voice acting, I believe, like yeah. for cartoons. So. Yeah, and he does he does guest spots in movies like you know like Jimmy Kimmel does and stuff where they play themselves. Yeah, and I think that's you know that's fine, but you know when when you I don't think he has enough power to carry a movie no he had, he had enough power to uh you know how he has a big car collection in real life yeah well in this movie the main car that he drives it's one of his own cars oh, just okay. as a side note is it the tank is it the tank car <laughs> it's a 1959 corvette uh, hmm. it's kind of sweet but 
it's a, it's a, that's a show car. That's on a movie car. You know, what I mean? again, <laughs> again, it was like uh, what Chris Tucker drove. He had that that auto Corvette. Cops don't drive then. They can afford that's, that's actually true, I can imagine. So, like, uh, was there a lot of decent car chases? I mean, it's called Collision Course. I would think that there'd be some there awesome are, car action. There were a few car chases, and they were all terrible. Oh. Oh. There, was, there was one scene where there's a car chase, and two cars were chasing... The car that Pat Moran and Jan Leno were in. Mm-hmm. And their car flipped on its roof. And mm-hmm. Jan Leno and Pat Marina got out of the car. Bob's upside down and ran down an alley. And outran a car. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, Pat Marita and Jay Leno are pretty much the... the uh, <laughs> perfect physical specimens oh they're probably two of the fastest people on earth i remember reading that somewhere so collision course doesn't even have any good uh car chases in it unbelievable you think they would at least have that going for them dude the fast and the fierce have been the awesome car chases and that was all about cars but it was terrible as well yeah Yeah, that's that's true i mean it's definitely true. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the reason that we picked uh, this movie this week is um, due to the release of 21 Jump Street, which is another buddy cop comedy, which is much better, apparently. Yeah, yeah that, movie, that movie actually has my interest. This, uh, I, this yeah, it, should. it should. It should. I saw it this weekend. Kevin, you saw it this weekend too, right? Yes, and it was probably one of the funniest movies I've seen probably since the first hangover uh yeah it it's was absolutely it, hilarious yeah i mean it was like a laugh riot like non-stop yeah. hilarity really really funny as soon as i got home from watching that movie i wanted to watch it again yeah me too like i just wanted to see it again so ryan you definitely need to check that one out it's really I, good the I only thing that, that uh 21 jump street doesn't have the collision course does is uh ernie hudson yeah winston yes Winston from Ghostbusters. I forgot forgot to mention that he is in this. And there are a few professional wrestlers in this as well. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, like they don't have main acting points, but they've come in. Nice. Here's something interesting. Now, it took me a long time to, to track this movie down. I found it on Amazon for like, three dollars and um i noticed when i got the dvd in the mail that it says that it's rated pg and i think it's funny that uh i'm assuming that just because we heard all that like slanderous like racist material in the trailer that the movie's probably full of them making fun of you know like the stupid americans making fun of the japanese man and like basically every stereotype yeah and i think that it's funny that they can have a movie that's like blatant like that and pg okay take, oh, take your kids to that one you know what i figured out also by watching this i figured out why 
I hate watching movies that have subtitles. Okay. Because I was not remotely interested in this movie. So I really didn't give a two shits about reading any subtitles. I don't understand. I don't I mean, mean, yeah, I don't understand where he's going. They're not like... Like, the the whole movie's not subtitled. Just when they're in Japan. Mm. But oh, oh, okay. So there's a... I don't care about enough about this movie to want to watch the subtitle. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm, yeah. It, guess, yeah. Let's just say yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I mean. it's me being lazy. Yeah. Probably. More than likely. Out of ten, what what are you what are you giving? Uh, collision course. Please. Here we go. Drum roll. Please say ten. Please say ten. I'm gonna say five. Five out of ten for Collision Course. Wow, wow, that's uh, that's up there, that's up there. Was it, was it funny at all? I mean, were there any parts that you laughed, like at, like seriously <laughs> laughed at one of the jokes, yeah, there, and not just there, laughed at how bad it was? There were parts of it where I laughed, but again, I don't know if it was politically correct for me to laugh. Hmm. Yeah, one of those. Eh, it's probably okay. I mean, you're in the comfort of your own home. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Ryan, and watching that for us. Uh, it looked like a complete train wreck. Now, there's a limited number of copies of this available on Amazon, so uh, make sure you pick up yours now before they're gone. They're only um, three dollars. I'm gonna $3. make sure. I'm gonna make sure to post uh this up in the film paul store so check that out if Definitely. anyone buys this on amazon you should make it the the winner the, uh, yeah the winner the weirdest the winner. thing bought <laughs> and then and then what they win is another copy of collision <laughs> yes <laughs> what they what they win is copies of collision course for life i'm gonna the, find every single copy the, the, that i can can and send it to them the remaining copies from amazon <laughs> all right ryan thank you again and we will see you next week for another great movie see you later see you later ryan thank you again ryan we will have you back next week i'd like to take a minute now to talk about amazon uh amazon. we always talk about amazon because we love it so much and all you have to do to help us with our site is Head on over to filmpulse.net, click on the Amazon banner, and buy some stuff, and you'll be helping us out. Simple as that. You go there anyway. Yeah, really. And you can also go to our store and check out some of our favorite DVD and Blu-rays, um, as well as some of the movies that we talked about on the site and on the podcast during the week. So make sure you check that out. Let's move on and talk about... South by Southwest, the Audience Award winners have been announced, and I believe the South by Southwest film is actually, has concluded, right? Yeah, yeah, they they announced, well, I think uh, they announced, you know, like the jury prize winners first, and then a couple of days later they did the Audience Awards. Right. The first movie that I read about that, that sounds like it could be pretty good is... Um, and this won one of the audience awards for narrative feature, and that's uh, Fat Kid Rules the World. This is directed by Matthew Lillard, who, I, he, he just, 
he kind of like faded away into obscurity for a while there, but now mm-hmm. he's he's back. Um, yeah. He was in Wing Commander, and he was in Scream. He was in Hackers. He was in Hackers. And that's like how I know him, because I love the movie Hackers. And Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> well, it was funny, because uh, he was on an episode of Law & Order SVU, and I saw him and I was like, what? Because he, he had like a mustache and he was like real creepy. <laughs> uh, at any rate, this is his directorial debut. And from what I've been reading, it sounds like it's a pretty good one. Um, basically, it's about a fat kid that uh, is kind of miserable with life. He's getting bullied in school and stuff. He's in high school. He tries to kill himself and this like punk rock kid saves him and basically uh, recruits him to be the drummer in his punk rock band and he finds his passion i guess in punk rock music yeah Uh, it's based on a book of the same name uh i don't have the author in front of me i do the author is k.l going uh now i never heard of this story before but apparently it was uh, a pretty big uh book i don't think it's not gonna be like when i first read about it uh fat kid rules the world i was like oh it's probably like wimpy kid or one of the (laughs) diary of a wimpy kid but then i saw the red band trailer and i knew that it was not like that at all yeah this is uh the person that carries this film you know that plays troy which is the fat kid that finds finds himself in punk rock is uh Jacob Wasaki, who you might remember as the main character from Terry. Right. And, and apparently um, he's supposed to do some very impressive acting in this movie. Well, he was really good in Terry. I think wasn't mm-hmm. I think Terry was his first role and he did a really good job in Terry. I was I was pretty impressed. I mean, being in a role alongside John C. Riley I mean, to, to kind of, I don't know if I could say compete with that that kind of, um, you know, star power, whatever, acting ability. Yeah. I mean, I think he really stood up to it because you know, with Terry, people went to see it for John C. Riley, But I think that they really benefited from, from that, that kid's performance. Yeah. Apparently, he's also in the show Huge, which I did not know. I don't even know what that is. Uh, isn't that like a Showtime show? Huge? Something? I don't know. I have no idea. I, yeah, I don't have TV. <laughs> so, I don't I'm know f- what the hell it is. No, it's not. With, uh... It's something else. It's about fat kids, apparently. Hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, should we... it sounds familiar. I was going to say, should we keep saying fat kids? Well, that's the name of the title. Yeah, fat kid so, rules the world. Well, this is... This TV show is called Huge, so I'm, I would say Huge Kids. ABC <laughs> huge Family. Kids. Oh, ABC Family. Okay, so yeah. now, we know, now we know what kind of show it is. No, I was getting confused with Hung. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great... <laughs> that, that's a great one right there, to get confused with those two. Yeah. I'd like to see this kid be in a remake of the film Heavyweights. Heavyweights. The summer camp, the fat kid summer mm. camp movie with Ben Stiller. Oh yeah, 
he is in a movie coming up called Boner Police, the movie. So, what? Get excited. Okay, if you say Boner Police, the movie, that would probably imply that it's some, it's been something else before a movie, like a show. I have no idea. What kind of show is named Boner Police? I have no idea. <laughs> and the tagline is "Life gets hard." So. Oh no! Oh no! He you... had a budding career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at, at any rate, judging from the trailer, it does look like it's a pretty good movie. I'm definitely excited to see it. Yes, I am as well. Uh, what's the What's another <laughs> movie that you're excited about? It's South by. Um, I'm also excited about Safety Not Guaranteed. Now this already played at Sundance, mm-hmm. which I was, you know, I initially got pretty excited for this movie with that. And uh, it's directed by Colin Trevorrow, and it's sort of like a romantic comedy, but it's based on a real uh, ad that was placed that, you know, it, it was placed by a man seeking a time-traveling companion, and at the end of it, <laughs> it said, safety not guaranteed. So, this story is centered on uh, a, a magazine journalist taking his two interns to go interview this man and to see what this ad's all about. And one of the interns is played by Aubrey Plaza from uh, Parks and Recreation, and she was also in Funny People. Uh, she plays like a sad, confused college grad, and her job is to seduce seduce uh, the guy that plays the ad, which his name is Kenneth, and he's played by uh, Mark Duplass, which is in almost everything now. Yeah, he's uh, him and his brother have are are just exploding right now. I mean. They're the ones that basically created the whole mumblecore subgenre. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I still say that that's a stupid name. And I don't know who came up with that. But. I think it is, it is too, because you know what I noticed when I was watching The Kid with a Bike? That's a mumblecore movie. But mm-hmm. that's just European cinema. Right. So essentially, mumblecore is just American cinema trying to be European cinema. I kind of but equate. With- but I with kind of worse, equ- worse cine- cinematography. I kind of equate mumblecore with, um, like, very highbrow humor, like dialogue-based humor. I mean, when you look at like uh, the Puffy Chair, and yeah. uh, although I haven't seen Jeff Who Lives at Home, I'm sure that it's the same. Um, it's like very dialogue-driven, uh, almost um, improv type yeah. humor. At any rate. Mark Duplass, who's in the league, is he's he's everywhere. He's making movies. He's in movies. Yeah, he's got Jeff who lived who lives at home just came out. He's in this safety not guaranteed movie. He's, he wrote a movie for his wife called Black Rock, which is like she, a horror movie. She's also in the league. Yes, and he has another movie coming out. That played at South by Southwest that I'm somewhat excited for because of the just the idea of this movie sounds like good times. Called uh, the Dodeca Pentathlon. It's him and him and his brother 
made this, and I completely butchered that. I don't even think that's a real word, though. <laughs> Pen, pentathlon. You know, Twelve like, events, right? Yeah. It's not Twelve like, events. Well, no, 25. Oh, 25. That's right. I'm sorry. 25 events. Dead. 25 events, two brothers, one champion. And this was made after they made their, uh, their uh, indie movie, Baghead. But they shelved it because they were working on Cyrus and Jeff, who lives at home. But now they're just releasing it, and you know it's it's two brothers that resurrect a homemade uh, Olympics competition. Yeah, and they do like they play like pool and do like all these different things, and then I think that the whole plot is that eventually it, it the the competition kind of uh, really um, strains their relationship. Yeah, that looks pretty good. I just like the idea of twenty five events. Two brothers, one champion. That just yeah. sounds like it's going to be a good time to me. Yeah, um, I think the Hollywood Hollywood Reporter actually just uh, came out with an article about the Duplass brothers and and was just basically saying how they were offered um, big studio contracts, like multi million dollar studio contracts. They turned them down, and now they're like reaping the benefits of it and making just movie after movie and it's like they're all successful it's it's crazy yeah i want to know how he has the time i mean to be in a tv show mm-hmm. plus to star in all these movies plus to still direct movies yeah it's nuts it's nuts i'm excited i mean i, I think uh, i liked all the move all their movies so far obviously i'm a little partial to baghead because i'm a horror fan and uh I thought that was like the perfect blend of comedy and horror, but um, I think they got a lot of great stuff. I mean, this was definitely, this year is definitely their year. I mean, they mm-hmm. dominated South by this year, and, and I think that they got quite a good career ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the South by Southwest is their Midnighter series, which is all their horror movies and genre films. Um, and it seems like this year was a really good year for that um we have cabin in the woods which is coming out uh that's the joss whedon drew goddard uh film looks really cool that's actually hitting wide release in april so we'll be able to see that soon um if you haven't seen any of the trailers for that you can check them out on our site because we have those posted up um another movie that is it sounds really interesting is called uh citadel this is an irish uh movie about uh this this guy who uh he's he becomes agoraphobic and there's this crazy um group of like feral children that are trying to steal his sold i'm sold feral children yeah it tries to steal uh, his daughter. Uh, it looks really cool. We posted the trailer for that on the site as well. And an interesting little fact, this is directed, written and directed by um, a guy named Siron. Uh, what is it? Syrian. Syrian? I think. Syrian Foy. Sounds good. <laughs> And uh, this is actually based off of an experience he had where he was attacked in real life. And kind of the 
inner psychological turmoil that he had in dealing with, you know, going out in public after he was attacked. So he kind of wrote this movie based on that. And it looks like there's definitely some kind of supernatural element to it, but it looks really cool. And the, the trailer is freaking really scary. I mean, feral children, come on. Feral children. Also, I don't know if the raid was on the Midnighter series. I don't think it was, but that's the other one that I'm like dying to see. I think that comes out in select cities this Friday. It's actually called the Raid Redemption now because they planned on making three movies. It was going to be a trilogy from the beginning, and they thought that it would be easier to understand if they put the subtitle thing yes. below it, which Thank is God. so stupid. I'm so sick of them doing that. Like, well, I, I had no idea. I'm like, the Raid, but why? And now I have the subtitle, yeah. and now I know it's for redemption. It doesn't make any sense. You know, like, I'm so sick of them coming out with these, like, Underworld, Awakening, Resident yeah. Evil, you know, blah, 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 insert, insert adjective here. The best one is still Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Transformers. Just, whatever happened to just numbering sequels? Like, and now they're, like, preemptively doing it. The Red yeah. Redemption? Because, but, uh, like, what what are they redeeming? You know, like... Yeah, you have no idea. It's the first one. So, when you, when you see the Raid Redemption, to me, I automatically think it's a sequel. Well, they're, they're trying... It's redemption from your initial thoughts of the movie before you even saw it. <laughs> like, this is... They're on a whole nother level. Yeah. Either way, regardless of the title, it still looks like a completely kick-ass amazing movie and i'm really dying to see that one yes yes any other south by movies that you're uh, excited about w- one more that played itself by southwest which is this is funny because uh when we did our mpaa show that was mostly to talk about the about the movie bully and the other movie that at that time got an nc-17 rating but we forgot to talk about it entirely, which is Killer Joe. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the new movie by William Friedkin, uh, based on a play by uh, Tracy Letts, who... Her, his play, Bug, was another movie that... Or, you know, another play that was turned into a movie. And, of course, like we said, it received an NC-17 rating. They don't seem to be fighting it. No, I don't. I didn't read anything about them fighting it. I think they're just letting it ride. Yeah, and it just it looks it looks pretty damn good. And Matthew McConaughey actually looks pretty good in it. It stars him, Emil Hirsch, Thomas Hayden Church, Gina Gershon, and Juno Temple. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of about uh, essentially trailer trash. Um, Emil Hirsch uh, talks his father into hiring a hitman played by Matthew McConaughey who's also a cop to uh, kill their mother so they can you know get some money (laughs) and apparently it's just craziness and apparently the ending just it ends with just a bunch of ridiculous instances and it just 
it sounds pretty crazy to me, and I'm pretty excited for it, especially any time a movie gets an NC-17 rating, and the people are like, yeah, that's fine. Now, uh, it should also be mentioned that the um, the director, he also did The Exorcist and French Connection, among many other movies. Uh, so he's a pretty big-time dude. Yeah. And, like I said, for a guy like that to make this movie... For them to be like NC seventeen rating, and he just goes, yeah, okay. Uh, maybe he's like, no just, big deal. He's like, I'm too old to be <laughs> arguing with them. <laughs> I mean, he was born in 1935. Yeah, because what? Yeah, when I first heard about it, I was, I was like, oh great, another uh, the killer inside me. Yeah. But from reading about it, it sounds it sounds like it's different. Um, I was reading some like uh, reviews. Uh, like festival reviews and stuff, and it sounds like it's getting pretty well received. I don't exactly know why I got the NC-17. I, I think it's extremely violent, but I have I a do. H- I do remember reading that uh, apparently Gina Gershon does uh, sexual things with fried chicken. Well, then that's it. I mean, yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I heard that it is violent, but they never rate a movie NC-17 because of violence. So Yeah. Fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, something, something to do with fried chicken. Did you see Bug? I did not. Yeah. Don't. Okay. It's no good, man. Like I, I was like all excited to see it. I saw it in the theater, and it was really annoying, and just I, I was actually very afraid that uh, Take Shelter was going to be like Bug. Mm. Um. I mean, it wasn't at all, not even close. Bug was infinitely better. I mean, <laughs> yeah, infinitely worse than Take Shelter. Mm. think that does it. Make sure you check our site at filmpulse.net for all the latest film news and reviews. And as always, we welcome your comments and feedback. Just send us an email at podcastfilmpulse.net. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash filmpulse, Twitter at Film Pulse Net. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, all over the place. That's a show for FilmPulse.net. My name is Adam. I'm Kevin. And we will see you tomorrow for DVD and Blu-ray picks.